The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends. Roto World's Josh Norris here. Welcome back. To the Roto World Football Podcast, as you know, the most important podcast in the universe. Thank our podcast producer Josh Norris for helping us out with this episode. We are here. It is week eight. Hope you know it's week nine. Hope you had a good week eight. That is correct. It was week eight. Um, if not, Ray Summerlin is here to help you out. Ray writes the waiver wired piece over at Roto World. Ray also host the Thursday episode of this very podcast, and there's also a Friday episode whenever I get it out and edit it. Ray, my question to you, since this is how we always start, I'm going to get to know you a little bit more. What I know you love movies, you love television shows. What television show have you never seen and or watched one episode that everyone else raves about? Hmm... That's fascinating. Oh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, you just couldn't. Did you ever start it, and then you just yeah, couldn't I started get into it. it? Yeah, I thought it was dumb. Yeah. I uh, I did not like Sons of Anarchy. I was not a big fan of Justified, although I did watch it. So, like, there's something in that. There's something about that FX feel. Although they saved themselves with Fargo and Legion. Okay. So, so I'm I was I was completely in on those shows. But yeah, just not. I don't know. Just not my vibe. Not saying they're bad shows. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. Obviously, obviously they are not bad shows because people love them. And so I am, uh, and so those people, I, I assume that those people are right and I am wrong, but I, but I, uh, just never got into them. How so about you? I, I, I've never watched The Walking Dead. Well, I haven't watched a lot of TV shows, um, mm-hmm. but I never got into The Walking Dead. And this is kind of part two of this question to you, Ray, is how many shows have you started and then like unwantingly finished? Like you just got to a point and it seems like all my friends at work now are just like, oh, I have to hate watch Walking Dead just to get to the end of it, even though it's absolutely sucks. For me, it was Lost. What about you? Ooh, Lost. That's a big call. Lost did get a little annoying at the end. Um, and funny enough, two walking versions of Walking Dead were, were on that list, although I didn't finish either of them. I've stopped watching Walking Dead. Wow. And after like a Quit season it. and a half of <laughs> you Fear the Walking Dead. Loosen the grip on you. Oh, it just it, it wasn't good anymore, so I stopped watching it. Fear the Walking Dead is one of the worst television shows I've ever seen in my life. Why? And Why? so, do not do not waste your time on that. I'm trying to think. Oh, I almost stopped watching The Wire in season two, huh. and I I'm glad that I I'm glad that I stuck it through because it 
it certainly got a lot better. But season two of The Wire, I almost stopped watching. Man, I, can we just talk about this? I love television. Just finished uh, about a month ago. I just finished BoJack Horseman. Great television show. Great television show. It's it's like it's like if Rick and Morty were good, it'd be BoJack Horseman. So go and uh, uh, you go just want to throw that, that sure. one in there. I, I, I really <laughs> do not watch TV. Just like I do not watch movies. This might come across because of my humor. Like I don't watch comedic television. <laughs> So I'm, hate, I'm sure that's you not just hate happiness and laughter. <laughs> I'm sure that's not Very. surprising if, if you've ever yeah. heard my jokes. Um, but it, it's just never I've, I've never it's like it's not appointment viewing for me to go and watch comedic television. Like I would rather watch some thriller or that has a hook at the end of each episode, whatever. Not, you know, I could go watch stand up comedy if I wanted. To. You're going to be a you're going to be a really good old person. Like you're going to be you're going to be locked into <laughs> CBS Thursday nights in like three years. Right. I luckily I've never seen a CSI. So like when it's CSI 2042, then maybe I'll finally get into it. it. Um, By the way, all of you out there, we would love to hear yours as well. So if you want to write them in the review section, if you want to subscribe and review this episode, that works as well. I can't wait for you to be wearing some Steph Curry white (laughs) shoes with some calf eye socks. No, I'll I'll still be wearing New Balances then. Still, still, maybe I'll be sponsored by then. Um, Ray, we should probably get into some football. We should probably do that. Okay, let's start with this name. Talking about television shows we we hate watch. I kind of hate watch Alex Collins each weekend because I don't think Alex Collins is a good football player, yet he keeps on producing. Is he actually good at football now, or is it more of just a volume slash situation and he's performing at a level where we should pick him up? I don't I don't really know. I, I think that he looks about the same to me as he looked at, at Arky. Like I don't think that he looks decidedly different, but it's obviously working. So maybe maybe his style that we didn't think would work is actually working. Maybe that's the answer. But he um I I mean obviously he's performing well. He took over that lead back job on Thursday night, obviously, but it he didn't really. I mean, Buck Allen was still involved. Buck Allen had I think 18 touches, three attempts inside the red zone. He played just one fewer snap than Alex Collins. So I had given up on Alex Collins. I had had him in my column for, I think it was like four weeks in a row saying, this guy keeps getting work. He keeps being successful. You should add him. And then I took him out last week. And so obviously that's the week he blew up. But I took him out because he hadn't been used in the red zone and he wasn't getting any catches. Now that changed. He got a red zone touch. He caught two passes. But when you look at Buck Allen continuing to be used that way, when you look at the fact that Danny Woodhead is probably going to be back in week 11 after their week 10 bye, Mm -hmm. so maybe you only even have one more game of this situation, I do worry that we're going to get a little too excited about Alex Collins coming off of that. But even so, even with those worries, there's not really that much out there on the wire these days. I think he has to be added in in all leagues, and we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out. And I forgot to mention this, and Raven warned me or suggested I should. Uh, yeah. We are recording this prior to the Zeke Elliott decision coming down. So if something changes there, be sure to go and read Ray's waiver column over at Roto World. Um, you also told me to throw in Rex Burkhead's name. Whenever that is the case, I sit up on my seat a little higher and and perk up a little bit. Uh, Ray, why should we talk about Rex? Well, I would say, first of all, it's important not to overreact to one game, especially with the Patriots, above all teams, especially with the Patriots. But Sexy Rexy played 27 snaps, seven more than James White against the Chargers. He had seven targets, one more than White. And that is something that at least makes you raise your eyebrow, especially since this is the team that just demoted Mike Gillisley in favor of Deion Lewis. They've now officially made that switch. Now, 
James White has done nothing to get demoted, so it's certainly possible that was just a game plan specific thing. And this isn't really a backfield you want to get too heavily invested in because there are literally four running backs there that they're giving touches to. But the fact that Perkhead played so many snaps, saw so many targets, that's it. That's at least interesting, and that makes him someone that I want to add. I'm not going to start him right away, especially since they're on bye this week, I think. But I'm not going to start them right away. <laughs> but he's somebody that I, I want to put on the end of the bench and kind of see what happens. Uh, we've talked about Juju Smith-Schuster and Josh Doxson in the past. Anything to add to those comments? No, you should. They should. They're out there in over half of leagues, and I don't know why they should have been picked up last week. You know, Doxson didn't do much, got this touchdown, but he played I think forty nine snaps to seventeen for Terrell Pryor. Juju Smith Schuster obviously had his big game. It doesn't seem like Mike Tomlin is that excited about getting Martavis Bryant back. These these guys need to be rostered in all leagues. Go and get them off the wire. And we are prioritizing Juju over Josh Doxson, most likely. That's correct. I, I will say it's tough because we don't know what's going to happen with Bryant. And again, by the time you're listening to this, Martavis Bryant might have been traded. So who knows, right? But we don't know what's going to happen with Bryant. That makes it tough. But I still think you, you're prioritizing Juju. Let's talk about those Seahawks uh, wide receivers, speaking of trades. Um, not that they were traded, but obviously they've gotten some offensive line help now with Dwayne Brown. Uh, Paul Richardson is really good. I always talk about small receivers who play big, and he's absolutely one of them. And Tyler Lockett's kind of coming on uh, because we all think that Tyler Lockett's a good football player, at least I do, but he's showing more and more of those skills. How do you view those moving forward? Well, I mean, if you want an example of what he means by small receivers playing big, you go watch the catch that Paul Richardson made on that game-winning drive yeah. down the middle of the field, and that'll 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 tell you exactly what Josh is talking about there. And I agree. I, I like Paul Richardson quite a bit. I think I think that he's been residing on a bench of one of my dynasty teams for a for a very long time. Maybe we're actually going to get to use him. You know, I'm wary of this situation. I have been wary of this situation for for several weeks now. I've had them in the watch list section of the column simply because I thought they were going to cannibalize each other's workload. And I'm still very worried about that. If you go back and look at their game logs, there's a lot of peaks and Valley. Tyler Lockett hadn't topped 30 yards to two games before, you know, the shootout against Houston. And I think that we might be moving forward that way. And that might be happening again, but with the running game, you know, not working at all, they ran for like negative yards or something like that. Aside from Russell Wilson, they're going to have to throw Russell Wilson has been playing out of his mind since the bye week, we saw it against Houston. He, you know, he played very well against the Giants as well. I think that they're going to throw a lot, and if they're going to throw a lot, that opens up targets for these two guys. Which, as you mentioned, we think they're both pretty good at football. I would prioritize Paul Richardson over Lockett simply because he's been more of a touchdown scorer. He's been used more in the red zone. He has four targets inside the ten this year. He has five touchdowns this season, including three in the last two games. So I'm going to prioritize Richardson, but I do think both of them can be picked up in most leagues. Ray, it's starting to get a little cold, at least in the Northeast. I don't know about, you know, down in Texas like you. And so on these cold and almost fall slash wintry days, Ray, romance is in the air. So I want to hear more about your romantic dinner dates that you have with your wife, including Brew Apron. Well, it, it <laughs> you didn't know where cold. I was going with that one. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought that you were in love with like Robbie Anderson or something. Nope, we'll, Blue we'll, Apron. So uh, it is getting cold in Texas. It was some. It was like fifty degrees. I walked into a Starbucks on Saturday morning and it was forty-five degrees. Yeah. And there were people in there in ski jackets and gloves. So that's that's how Texas rolls. I was in shorts, obviously. Moving on to Blue Apron, 
I, I absolutely love Blue Apron. We had Blue Apron last week, some really delicious things. Uh, there was this panko fried, pan fried chicken mm. with a kale salad that I, I absolutely loved. I'm not going to lie and say that I ate much of the kale salad, but I, I was fond of the chicken, had a bunch of other things, a pasta dish as well that had like squash in it. And it was, it was very good. I, I loved all of it. And like, yeah, I, we love making it. You make it together. You come home, the ingredients are already there. Right. You don't have to go to the store. They're all marked for you. They're all measured out for you. It's uh, it's a really good experience. Right. There's a running joke at the office that salad is my favorite meal. And it's, yeah. it's not a lie. Maybe if I tried some of these Featured upcoming meals from Blue Apron, like seared chicken and roasted fall vegetables with caper butter pan sauce, or a 30-minute meal like shrimp and pesto fettuccine with spinach, black bean and cheese tortas with roasted broccoli and lime sour cream, and finally, Ray, our favorite, and I actually took a picture of it to show Pat, um, but sweet pepper chicken with bok choy, just to prove to him yeah. that it's not purple, um, and rice. <laughs> So that's sweet pepper chicken with bok choy on rice. Again, we're talking about Blue Apron because Blue Apron is great. Ray loves it. Um, there's variety. They're very flexible. It's easy, as Ray said, and obviously it's guaranteed. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rotofb. Again, that's $30 off your first order with free shipping. You will love how good it feels and taste to create incredible home-cooked meals like Ray does with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash rotofb. Support them because they support us. That's Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Ray, let's close out with Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis is always a priority in fantasy matchups when Jordan Reed is not on the field, and it does not appear like Jordan Reed is going to touch the field next week. Yeah, Jordan Reed is, we think, we're pretty sure out. At least that's what the coach said. So we're going to assume that he's out. And when that's the case, you you know, you know play Vernon Davis. In his two years in Washington, he has averaged 7.3 standard points, 11.1 PPR points in five games without Jordan Reed, including a 558 in one line against the Raiders in week three. Now the matchup against Seattle in Seattle, that's not ideal. And actually that means that he's below Jack Doyle for me in kind of the streaming uh, category, but Jack Doyle's owned in 49% of leagues. There'll be a lot of leagues. He's not out there. Vernon Davis only owned in 12% of leagues. So he's going to be out there in most of them. And I think that that's going to make him in a lot of leagues, the best streaming option of the week. Let's close it out with deep cuts. First up is D.D. Westbrook, mm. the uh, rookie out of Oklahoma who is was practicing on Monday. It looks like he's going to be able to return this week. It's the first week he was eligible because he was placed on injured reserve ahead of week one. I, I don't know how big of a role he's going to have. He missed time in the offseason program, missed time in training camp. He's been out the first eight games. We've seen, you know, John Ross has taken – they haven't – you know, they played him six plays on Sunday. We've seen, you know, Mike, Mike Williams not really get that involved. I do think there's going to be a little bit of time here before Westbrook is someone you could start in fantasy, if at all, I mean, in this offense, but he's a name in deeper leagues to certainly, to certainly keep an eye on. Another one is someone that I've mentioned before this year, and it's because I love him. I love uh -oh. him so much. And that's Mac Hollins who continues to make big plays, continues to see more and more snaps, seems to be eating into Torrey Smith's workload. I, I like Matt Collins a lot. I think he's a good player in Dynasty. I mean, they they lose all their receivers after this year, so he's certainly somebody. But maybe we'll see something happen here in redraft. And then we have to talk about what happened to Donta Foreman, which makes was, no sense. Well, the only ex explanation that made sense to me was yeah. that he, he skipped practice on Friday along exactly. with DeAndre Hopkins. But they 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 are clamoring. They're guaranteeing that that's not the reason. But almost certainly it's the reason. It's not performance based necessarily. 
no, that has to be the reason. But right. they say that it's not the reason. And since they say that, I'm going to take them at, at face value because Foreman even says that that's not the reason. So we'll take that at face value and say that that maybe it's not. Maybe he's actually been passed by Alfred Blue. I don't think that's probably the case. Right. But if so, Alfred Blue could have some standalone value in deeper leagues. Ray, thank you so much. Again, you can check out Ray's waiver column over at Road of Road. You can also check out Ray hosting this podcast with Nick Menzio and Rich Rebar on Thursday. And we have another episode on Friday with myself, Evan Silva, and Roto Pat Plus. Roto World Live every Sunday at noon Eastern to help you set your optimal lineup. And that is presented by Kia. Thank you, Ray. Talk to you all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.